G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So have you ever been crying out to God during a difficult time in your life and you pray and you pray and you pray and nothing, dead silence from above? So you think to yourself, when will God finally show up? I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again this week on Christianity Works as we continue in the teaching series that I've called How Long, O God, How Long? We've all asked ourselves those questions, haven't we? So let's dive into God's Word and get some answers. Perhaps you're in a bit of a tight spot right now. Look, stay tuned because in a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you hear God speak into your life each and every day. Well, I don't know if you had the chance to join me on the program last week, but we were looking at one of the most common problems of all in this series. Why God doesn't always show up when we want him to, and when he does, why he doesn't do things the way we planned, the way we wanted. I think we've all been in that place. So that's why I've called this series, How Long, O Lord, How Long? And we took a look at this dilemma through the eyes of the prophet Habakkuk. Here's how it unfolds. There's a terrible injustice going on amongst God's people. In fact, it's hard to imagine a less desirable combination of circumstances than wrongdoing and trouble, destruction and violence, strife and contention, and on top of all that, injustice. This is what Habakkuk says in chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry for your help? And you will not listen, or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. So God answers poor old Habakkuk, but he promises a solution that Habakkuk just doesn't want, a literal holocaust, one which actually went on to happen in 586-587 BC. He answers Habakkuk by saying this, I'm reading from chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. God says, look at the nations and see. Be astonished, be astounded, for a work is being done in your days that you would not believe if you were told. For I am rousing the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous nation who march through the breadth of the earth and sees dwellings not their own. Great. Brilliant. Thanks, God. So now what? Well, I'll tell you so. Now what? Habakkuk does what any self-respecting Old Testament prophet would do. He does what you or I would do. He says to God, what are you nuts? Are you for real? Do you know what you're saying here, God? Let me remind you of something. You're God. We're your chosen people. And these filthy, unrighteous Chaldeans, well, you can't possibly use them against us. Because, well, because you're a holy God and we're your people and that's it. You can't do it. We have to rethink this. You can read about it for yourself in Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 12 to 17. The old Habakkuk really gets stuck into God. And why wouldn't he? My, my hunch is you or I would have a pretty similar reaction. All, all this violence already going on, and God's solution is to promise a holocaust? Oh, thank you, God. 
But as I said last time we were together, and I want to unpack this a whole bunch more today, there are two things that really strike you about this story. The first is that God is a sovereign God. He decides, he does it his way, and that's it. And secondly, that as Habakkuk chats with this awesome, mighty, loving God, it starts to change him. It changes him in ways that maybe he wouldn't have expected. Think about it. We all go through this. We're in a tight spot. We ask God to fly us out of there in air-conditioned, first-class comfort, like, like now, the quickest way from point A to point B. So often, most often, he just doesn't do it that way. And so we start thrashing around and kicking and screaming and saying, God, do you realize what you're doing here? Maybe you need some help with this. Maybe you need my counsel, my advice, my opinion. But after Habakkuk had his dummy spit, something extraordinary takes place. Have a listen to what Habakkuk has to say to himself and then to God after the big dummy spit we looked at last week. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. See, so often after a dummy spit, we go off in a huff, in pride, in arrogance. But that's not what's happening here. Something's changing in Habakkuk's heart. He's poured out his burdens to God. He's listened to God's response. It doesn't seem right, this whole, this whole Holocaust thing. It just doesn't. So he tells God straight to his face, tells him in no uncertain terms what he thinks of God's plan to send the Chaldeans to wipe out God's very own people. But then he makes an important decision. He decides to get onto his watch post, up on the rampart, up on top of the city walls, up high above the day-to-day pressures and carry-on. Let me get up there and watch and wait expectantly to see what God has to say about my complaint. You know what? It's a good thing that he was honest and open with God. It's a good thing that his heart is starting to turn and to be open to receive what God has to say. And the moment he gets into that place, at his watch post, on the rampart, he keeps watching, waiting on God. Look at what happens. I'm reading now from Habakkuk chapter 2, beginning at verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end. It does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit isn't right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Moreover, wealth is treacherous. The arrogant do not endure. They open their throats as wide as Sheol. Like death, they never have enough. They gather all the nations for themselves and collect all the peoples as their own. What's God saying here to Habakkuk? I've got a vision. I've got a plan. Write it down. Now, it's going to happen. It may take a little while. That's okay. It's going to happen just at the right time. Trust me. Now, God says to Habakkuk, have a look around. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous, they live by faith. And all those people who trust in wealth, well, it's treacherous. Arrogance won't endure. Their time is coming. God's saying to Habakkuk, trust me, child. I see the iniquity. I see the injustice. I see the arrogance. I see the wealthy who don't look after the poor. I see the unjust judges. I see it all. And I have a plan. 
and that plan is coming. Wait for it. Wait for it. Trust in me. Just wait for it. I know what I'm doing. We're going to look more at this coming judgment later in the program. But right now, do you see the change that's happening here in Habakkuk? His heart's open. He's ready to receive God's word. He's ready to drink it in. Even if God's answer wasn't what he'd expected or planned for or hoped for, God's answer comes from the God of love and the God of justice. God's answer is about the big picture. God's answer is God's answer. And for Habakkuk, it's time just to drink it in. I don't know where you are or what you're going through right now, but let me encourage you to take your complaint to God. Whatever injustice, whatever unfairness, whatever dilemma that God doesn't seem to have dealt with or righted, how long, oh God, take it to him and wait for his response. Wait expecting him to answer, because he will. Just at the right time, he will. And when he does... It may not be quite the thing that you were hoping for or expecting. And like Habakkuk, you may have something to say to God about that. Let me encourage you to truly, truly and honestly pour your heart out to the Lord your God. And when you're done, when you're spent, when you've taken your complaint to him, get up into the watchtower on the rampart. Get up there and wait for his response. Be ready to hear from him in his word, during prayer, as you see his hand in the things that are unfolding around you and in your life. Because when we wait on the Lord, he will answer us. He will show up. He honours us when we honour him by sharing with him, like Habakkuk, the deepest burdens of our heart. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to encourage you and to help you live in victory on your journey with Christ. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a scripture verse with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed version of Fresh. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Yeah, so often things don't make sense. In the middle of the battle we call life, the fog of war, the fear, the uncertainty, the fatigue can cloud our vision. And then... Then one day, God comes along and breathes something new into being. He he clears the air, and on a clear day, you can see forever. Maybe I'm showing my age here, but I'm old enough to remember back to the 1970s hit song from Frank Sinatra, On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever. 
It was one of those iconic hits, and it's such a meaningful song on so many levels. On a clear day, rise and look around you, and you'll see who you are. On a clear day, how it will astound you that the glow of your being outshines every star. Of course, life doesn't always feel like that because it's not always a clear day. So often life is foggy and stormy and we can't see very far. The cares of this world, the cares of today, the worries about tomorrow mean that instead of being able to see forever, our eyes are downcast. We've stopped dreaming, we've stopped hoping, we're just surviving. Sound familiar? It should, because that's how most people live their lives, sad to say. And I guess that's what we've been looking at this last couple of weeks on the program, looking at the world through the eyes of the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk, this man who who all around him saw injustice and violence and pain amongst God's very own people. And so he goes to God, and in effect he says to God, Lord, what do you think you're up to? Why are you letting these things happen? And how long, O oh Lord, how long will you let these things go on? And in response, God blows away the fog and the smog and God makes it a clear day. Now, I'm an optimist. Really, I am. I'm someone who's always dreaming about the future, hoping and believing. It's the way I've been wired. There are, of course, downsides to my personality type. We all have those. But this is one of my upsides, believing God for his best in my life, believing that God is going to do mighty things in me and through me. But... Even with that sort of wiring inside, there are some days where the cares of today and the worries about tomorrow weigh me down. There are. We we all have those. Some more than others. Me, pretty rare. I'm not used to living like that. So when those days do come, they're pretty hard for me to cope with. It's so easy for us to look around at all the injustices. You, You know, one of the things that God had to help me get through was how money is distributed across the church. There's a church not far away from where I live. It has fewer than 10 members, yet it sits on a piece of land with a large car park that very conservatively is valued at $15 million, probably much more. And I've looked at that over the years and I've thought, what a waste. And yet here at the Ministry of Christianity Works, we reach millions of people each week, and yet if only we could afford one or two extra staff to lighten the load on a very small overworked team. Now, this is not a pride thing. I I look at those two, and it feels like such an injustice. God, how can you let this go on? See, it's the same with many of the radio stations that broadcast our programs around the world. They're doing it so tough financially, yet the church around the world wastes so much money on assets it doesn't fully utilise. And I, like Habakkuk, I went to God and said, Lord, why do you let this happen? How long, O God, will you let it go on? You see, that's our narrow human perspective. The injustice of our circumstances can get us down. I'm just being really honest here. I'm sharing with you the realities from my own life because we all have those realities. I don't want you to think that that I live in some safe, cloistered environment. Life is life. You have those realities. I have those realities. And sometimes they feel so unjust. And that's exactly how Habakkuk felt when he went to God and said, O Lord, how long shall I cry for your help and you will not listen? Or I cry to you violence and you will not save? And so God comes along and clears the air. The problem is we get a pretty distorted view of things from down here among the fog and the smog. We lose sight of the big picture. Before the break, 
we saw how after pouring the burden of his heart out to God, Habakkuk finally finds himself in a position where he can actually listen to God. He says, I will stand at my watch post. I will station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. I'm ready now to hear what you have to say, God. And listen to what God says to him. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 5. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on the tablet so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and it does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit isn't right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Moreover, wealth is treacherous. The arrogant do not endure. They open their throats wide as Sheol. Like death, they never have enough. They, they gather all the nations for themselves and collect all the peoples as their own. See, God says, this is a vision. Write it down. There is an appointed time. It's true. It's important. It might seem to tarry, but it will come. What God is saying here is, listen up, this is really important. And then God speaks the vision. He paints the picture clear as a bell. He tells Habakkuk, and you and me, and anyone else who's prepared to listen, the way things really are. It's a vision that goes from here clear to eternity. Because on a clear day, you can see forever. God says, look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by faith. See, the proud, the arrogant, the powerful, the beautiful people, they always seem to be winning. The big, the successful, they seem to have so much. But listen to what God says, their spirit is not right within them. The very essence of who they are is puffed up and distorted and crooked. That's the reality. That's what God sees. That's the way it really is, despite outward appearances. On the outside, they might seem confident and successful and happy, but on the inside, they can't lie straight in bed at night. That's the truth. And that's the opposite end of the spectrum, the complete opposite of the righteous, because the righteous are the ones who live by their faith. Those who have a right standing before God because they've humbled themselves and accepted their own inner poverty and distortion, and so they've put their faith in Jesus Christ, whom God sent. Those live by faith. A deep, steadfast belief in the God who sees things so clearly. God almost asks a rhetorical question here. Which one would you rather be? Which life would you rather have? It's a clear day. You can see forever. Which life would you rather have, the proud or the righteous? And then he goes on to say, moreover, wealth is treacherous. The arrogant do not endure. They open their throats as wide as Sheol, like death. They never have enough. They gather all the nations for themselves and collect all the peoples as their own. See, the wealth they have is so fickle. We're going to have a deeper look at that next week on the program. Wealth is fleeting. It all looks great. But when a financial crisis hits, all those who appear to be so wealthy and so successful can come crashing down. Their greed will bring them undone. Stand back, watch. That's exactly what always happens. See, to Habakkuk, it all seems so unfair because the proud and the wealthy and the arrogant seem to be winning. That's his complaint to God. But God calls it the way it really is. On the inside, he's saying they're already dead. And in the long run, those who seem to be winning in their pride and their wealth and their arrogance today, in the long run, they will lose. In the meantime, he's saying to Habakkuk and you and me, let your faith in me be steadfast, rock solid, in your thoughts and in your deeds and your actions and your dreams. Be steadfast, because that's actually what's going to give you real life today, tomorrow, and for all eternity, on a clear day. 
you can see forever. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. In those dark times, in those difficult times, in those times when God seems to have left you to fend for yourself, He is, in point of fact, doing a mighty work in your life. And it's in those times that it's so important to see what's going on through His eyes. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet called When Will God Finally Show Up? It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to encourage you through those difficult times. In fact, each chapter contains a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free copy of that booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, in the few minutes that we have left together today... I just want to stop and have a think with you about what all this means for you and me. I mean, it's one thing to talk about Habakkuk and what was going on many centuries ago, but come on, what does all that mean for you and me here and now? I wonder how often you felt the way Habakkuk does, this sense that life's not fair. Funny how, how when we're going through tough times in just one part of our lives, it feels as though the whole thing's a mess. It isn't really, it just feels that way. And so what happens is we get a view of things that's completely distorted. God means for these difficult times to be times where he prunes us of the things in our lives that shouldn't be there so that new growth can come. And the thing that follows the new growth is fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The truth be known for many of us, me included, they're not things that come particularly naturally. They only come when God prunes off the dead wood. And I don't know about you, but I never particularly enjoy the pruning phase. Who does? What tree or vine sees the gardener coming with the secateurs and thinks, oh, goody, he's going to chop off the whole bunch of my branches? That's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. But unless the tree and the vine are pruned, they grow all these useless branches, they become gnarled and woody and hard, and they stop bearing fruit. We need to get that revelation today. Everybody goes through injustices, violence, pain, hurts, losses, things that just aren't fair in life. We all go through those things. And our natural human instinct is to protect ourselves, to remove the source of pain and discomfort. So we cry out, God, how long are you going to let this happen? And God's answer is, when I'm done, in my time. And this God, don't know if you've noticed, he doesn't do his work according to my schedule or your schedule. He does it according to his Have a listen to what James writes in the New Testament. It's something that, by and large, we would rather not hear, but it's something that we have to hear, because this is what God's up to during the tough times in our lives. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete 
and lacking in nothing. And it may be that you and I hear that and we say, well, that's fine, I, I get the theory, but down here in this mess that I'm in in my life, I can't make sense of it. I can't figure out which way is up or, or which way is out. I, I can't figure out what God's doing and, and what he's trying to achieve and how I should respond. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the experience. That's okay too, because God has that base covered. In the very next verse in the book of James, this is what he says, If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. But ask in faith, don't doubt, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter being double-minded is unstable in every way and must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And just to make the point that God's ways aren't our ways and his thoughts aren't our thoughts, James goes on to write, let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up and the rich in being brought low because the rich will disappear like the flowers of a field. In other words, go with what God's doing. Rejoice in your suffering because God is doing a mighty thing. How long, O oh God? How long? Is that your question? The answer is this, in God's time, when he's ready, when he's done, in the meantime, he has a plan. Get on with it. Rejoice in it. Rest in him. Trust in this mighty and sovereign God because he loves you. That's it. That's the plan. That's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries around the world to draw ever closer to Jesus and to live in the victory that he purchased for them on that cross. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called, When Will God Finally Show Up? Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.